You're listening to the Careers BU podcast, a podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello and welcome to the Careers BU podcast. I'm Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor at Bournemouth University. In this episode, I chat to Megan from the Global Mid-Ability team at BU. We talk about the exciting opportunities students have to gain experience abroad, from summer schools, university exchanges, to work experience and volunteering. In this episode, you'll hear about the experiences you could have, how to apply, and the funding that is available to help you do it. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Can you just introduce yourself and your role at Bournemouth University, please? Yes, um, I am the Global Engagement Project Officer, so I work in the Global Engagement Team, um, and primarily I work on Turing Schemes. So I joined the team in 2021 when the Turing Scheme kicked off, and that's what I do is I oversee the scheme for the university, um, and I work with a team of three other, soon to be five other people who will all be working on Turing Scheme. Um, So I sort of support students through promotion, application, payment of funding, support them while they're on their activity, support them when they get back. So our team sort of offers all of that. um, And I oversee all of that for the team. Brilliant. So for those who don't know and who haven't heard the word Turing scheme before, what what is the Turing scheme? So the Turing scheme is money that the Department for Education has set aside for um, institutions to support students doing international experiences. Um, We came out of We came out of Erasmus Plus at the end of May this year. And so this was sort of the way the UK government said, yeah, we're leaving Erasmus Plus, but we still want to support these international activities. So they, um, every year we bid for a certain amount of money. And once we um, are successful with that, we get, they they send the money to us and then we administer it. So we can support curricular and extra co-curricular activities. So we do a lot of support for students who are going on placement for their degree, but we also do students who just want to go do voluntary work experience or summer schools, language courses. So it's a pretty broad scope of the types of activities that we can support. Um, And it just provides students with a grant to help offset some of the costs that are associated with going abroad to have an experience. Okay, so the Turing scheme, it's its a grant, it's money to help them access those those opportunities. Yes, yeah, okay. so, yeah. Can you just touch a little bit more on kind of those types of global opportunities that students can take part in? Yep, so um, with placements, what, so we run several types of applications over the year. One of them is what we call our open call, and that is for any student who has identified their own opportunity. So it's not an opportunity advertised through BU necessarily. Um, can apply for funding. That's where we get a lot of our applications for students going on degree placement. So those are with literally any type of organization overseas where the student goes and does um, work experience. So we have students who go to conservation societies and they do things like monitoring turtle hatchlings and releasing baby turtles, or we have students who go and do um, archaeological digs or they go work in a marketing office or they go and support research in a laboratory. So it's um, the, the degree placements certainly are 
tied to what the student is studying. They would work with their placement team at the university to identify opportunities and to make sure those opportunities align with what they need for their degree. So that's sort of one category. Um, voluntary work experience is similar as far as the activities that students undertake, but the difference here is if you're studying uh, marketing, but you're really interested in conservation, you could go do work experience with a conservation society and it wouldn't really need to tie particularly closely to your degree. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is the Department for Education's big push here is that it isn't just what you do. It's not just the work you do while you're on international um, activity. It's being on international activity is itself an experience that helps um, personal growth, helps with employability. Um, so so those are the two sort of types of work experience. Some of the work experience, um, there are some opportunities that we advertise specifically that students can use as a degree placement or as a work experience. Um, so we work with a number of organizations. And um, so we work with North Bali Reef Conservation. They're the ones that do the, the turtle hatchlings. We work with Think Pacific. Um, we work with a number of universities that do different activities. Um, we support a number of summer schools, which is another thing that students undertake. Um, so we are aligned quite closely with Audencia, which is in Nantes in France. Um, they run a summer school every year that's sort of business focused, and we've had students go on that. Um, we also maintain a list of summer schools on our website so students can go in. We try to update that every year with the new dates so it gives students an idea of kind of where to start looking. We update a list of language courses that are available. So we have students this year who've gone out to study Japanese and German. Um, so that's another type of sort of extracurricular activity. So it's a mix. When we when we look at all the students who've applied, it's a pretty good mix of students who've on their own or with their placement team identified an opportunity or students who have found an activity that we are running um, and have applied for that. And with the activities that we run, um, again, it's sort of up to the student how they want to use that activity. So we run activities where some students use it as voluntary work experience. Other students go on the same activity but use it as their degree placement. Um, so it's it's very broad what we can cover as far as what we can fund and there's also lots of different ways that students can use that so they can use it towards their degree or they can use it sort of as an extra or co-curricular um, experience okay and can all students at all levels take part in take part in this this is yeah it's for everyone so it's any student any level any program international or home students postgraduates fine part-time's fine as long as they're registered with the university they're eligible for funding the only caveat to that is some of the specific activities that we run are geared towards students on specific programs. Um, we run a program every summer with Sri Ramachandra, um, which is a university in India. That's very much around health and sports science. So it, it would be it would be sort of promoted to that group of students. Um, but the, the open call is open to anyone. All of the co-curricular, extracurricular activities are open to anyone, any level. Um, so, yeah, we can fund anyone who's registered with the university. OK. And I guess if they're doing it as a part of their placement year, it will be within that placement year. Yes. Um, and you've mentioned summer school. So that will be over the summer summer duration. Yeah. Is that generally does it tend to happen either in summer, summer holidays or as a placement year? Is that how it normally happens? Those are yeah, those are what we get the most of. So we've got a bunch of students who've just gone out now and they'll be out for the year. So touring scheme can provide funding 
the activity has to be at least 28 days long, but it can be up to 365 days long. So we are um, currently getting grants out to the students who are going on placement year, so they'll be gone the whole year. Um, but then we have different programs do it differently, but a lot of programs will let students make up their placement out of lots of little activities or um, they'll kind of chunk it into different. So it doesn't have to be one thing that they do for the whole year. So we get a lot of students who do that in the summer. So we'll be busy now and then we'll be busy again in the summer um, because, yeah, as you said, it's sort of year long or shorter term in the summer. Mm -hmm. So if they are thinking of um, taking part in a placement abroad, or, or summer school or another activity, when do they need to start get, getting that ball rolling with the application process or even just chatting to you about it? So for the, for the funding process, we can process the funding application fairly quickly. So it usually takes from the time they apply to the time they have the first payment in their account is usually about four weeks. Um, so we, we recommend students sort of factor that in because obviously the sooner they have that money, the easier it is to buy tickets and stuff like that. So we do recommend that they apply as far in advance as they can, but we can we have a pretty quick turnaround if we need to. So we do have students who come to us in sort of June, July and go, actually, I've just found this opportunity. I'd really like to go on it. That's fine. We can do last minute applications. Um, we do not recommend students apply after they've left for their activity. Um, it does, it makes the, we have had students do that and under certain circumstances, we can support that. But as a general rule, they have to have applied before they go. Some of that's to do with, you know, just sort of BU processes and stuff that we need to do and make sure that they're, um, everything's organized and everyone who needs to know where they are knows where they are before they go. Um, so we have, last week we launched the application for the open call, but it was a soft launch. So it's, that information has gone out to any student who's previously been in touch with us to express interest in funding for the year. Um, an announcement will go out next week for all students to let them know that, that application is now open. So at that point, um, anyone could start applying if they have identified an activity. With degree placements, they need to have it approved by their placement team before we can approve their funding. So the timeline really depends more on their placement team than it does on us. They would need to, to be in touch with that with that team and find out kind of what the timelines are. Um, but we would really, we recommend students do it as early as they can. Just because it it confirms things for them, they know what the funding looks like, they know when they'll get that funding, so there's a bit more security, I think, in buying plane tickets and looking at accommodation overseas. Um, but as I said, as long as they apply within sort of four weeks of when they leave, we can usually get the, the first payment to them before they go. Okay, so in terms of the payment, it's pretty quick, really, but relatively, but I guess it's still that process of finding an opportunity... Yeah. That, yeah. that can take a bit longer. It is, yeah. Um, we haven't finalized the dates yet, but in October, and this will, again, will go out as a student announcement, in October we will be running information sessions for anyone who's sort of vaguely interested. So at that point, they don't need to have anything confirmed. It's just, it might be cool to go abroad, to come, and we'll sort of talk them through um, 
where they can go look for opportunities, what teams they can be talking to to identify things that they can do. We'll also talk them through the application Mm -hmm. process and the funding process and how much they get. We talk them through the calculation of the grant and all of that. So those sessions will be running in October and that announcement will go out within the next two weeks. So students will be able to just register online to attend those and they'll be virtual. So students can join from wherever. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably the best way if you're still really not sure what you're going to do, but you think it'd be a good idea is to come along to one of those. Um, we are also going to start um, sort of the middle of this month, we start running our mobility hub again, which is on Monday and Wednesday afternoons. This will also be in the student announcement that goes out. So it's it's um, an announcement that's going to come out with lots of information in it about the application opening touring specific information sessions, but also our mobility hub. And that's for individual students to come along and speak to a member of the team and kind of go, well, I've looked at this. Do you think that would work? Um, We can sort of talk them through things in more detail specific to them rather than just sort of the general information. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So yeah, so the first step is really just speaking to you, isn't it? And finding out that process. That's really, really helpful. In terms of the funding available, so what does it tend to fund? I mean, how much can they get? Like, what does it tend to fund? In, in the sort of broadest terms, the students receive a amount per month. So there's a, a monthly rate. And then um, the amount of funding will then also depend on whether or not the student qualifies as widening participation. So in the, in the student call that's released next week, there will be an outline of all the ways that you can qualify as a student of widening participation. Most students will already know if they qualify as WP because they'll be registered as such with the university. But we put the definition in there because there may be some students who weren't aware that they qualify. Um, So students who do not qualify as widening participation get the monthly rate. That is their grant. Um, To complicate things slightly further, countries it's dependent on the country that they're traveling to countries are divided into two groups there's there's one that's higher cost of living so that's bermuda the united states australia canada japan um there's a list and in the student call document that students can go and check which group their country falls into so if you go to a group one country for one month it's 545 pounds that is the cost of living grant for the month um If you go to a group two country, it's £480 for the month. So if you were going for one month as a student who didn't qualify as widening participation, you would get £545 if you were going to a high cost of living country or £480 if you were going to a lower cost of living country. Students who do qualify as widening participation get that same cost of living grant. So that's the same for every student that applies. But in addition to that, they get £110 per month. And then they also get a travel grant, which is based on the distance to where their activity is. So that's anywhere from 165 pounds, if it's like France, um, up to just under 1,400 pounds. So we had students who went to Bali and they got um, a, a much higher travel grant because of the distance to Bali. And we, what we do is, the, those are the rates we use to calculate the total grant, but we, we then think of the grant as one lump sum, and we pay them based on that one lump sum rather than paying them an individual. We don't, we don't pay them the cost of living grant and then pay them this, and it's just all paid together. Does that include the monthly payments? Is that in that one lump sum? 
So the, the monthly rate, it, we use it to calculate the grant, but we don't pay them monthly. So the way the grant is paid is students um, get 90% of the total amount they're eligible for before they go. And then when they come back, there's paperwork that they need to finish to kind of tie off the end of their funding, and then they get that final 10%. So, um, so that's how it's paid, but all, all is one sort of lump some. Um, so the nice the nice thing about that is it provides students, there's a lot of upfront costs to taking undertaking these sorts of activities. So for us, it didn't really make sense to pay students monthly because actually they need a lot of that funding upfront. Um, so we've, we've laid it out that way to try to make sure students are getting the funding they need when they need it. Um, so the and the other nice thing, I suppose, is there's the cost of living grant. There's the WP, we call it an, a WP uplift, so that extra 110 pounds every month. And then there's the travel grant. But again, once it's all lumped together, if they end up buying plane tickets that are less than the amount of their travel grant, that doesn't matter. They don't have to repay the difference. It's all just, these are just the rates we use to calculate a whole, essentially. And the whole is what the student needs to be interested in. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, so they can, they can use the money for paying for the tickets. How they, yeah, need, how they to. need to. Yeah. Um, but I guess yeah. that there is probably a likelihood is that they'll maybe need to save a little bit of money to contribute to that, that experience. For most students. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, if you're going to, um, the other thing to say about the rates, <laughs> I don't want to go into too much detail because the rates get very complicated. Um, the longer you go, the lower your rate is. So for the first, the, the rates I've given you, 545 and 480, that's for mobilities up to two months. Anything over than two months and those rates drop. Um, so again, this is all, it's, it can be, it can sound particularly complex when you're just hearing someone tell you what it is. It's, it's easier if you can look at it. So what the call document does is lays all this out for them and then gives them example calculations. So it says, for instance, if you were going to the U.S. for three months, this is how much you would get. If you were going to, I don't know, Kuwait for a year, this is how much you would get. So we sort of lay that out to give them an idea and it tells them how to actually do the calculations. So if they wanted to get a general idea, they could. Um, it also has our email address, so they could also just email us and go, I'm thinking of going here for four months. Can you give me an approximate grant amount? And we can do that for them um, to kind of so that they can feel confident they have an understanding of about how much money they would get. Um, so all of that is in the call document that's coming out next week. Um, so for most students, though, it's it is intended as a contribution towards the costs that they incur. It isn't meant to pay for everything and it won't pay for everything. There, it, it depends on the type of activity. So some students undertake paid work experience. Um, BU encourages students to undertake paid work experience. So for them, that with the Turing grant is actually, that pretty much covers them. Um, if it's unpaid, then they need to, we have a cost worksheet. They need to sort of think through what are the expenses I'm going to have. Here's how much money I'm getting from Turing. What is the difference between those two? Um, the other thing some students do is they go through an organization that finds them an opportunity. So, um, and, and they can do that, but there's usually a charge associated with that. So again, anytime we see this sort of stuff come up, we would, I, we would advise the students. So if someone applied and said, 
oh, I'm going to Japan, but I'm going through this organization. I know the organization charges 2,500 pounds just for the service of getting them there. So we would talk to them, kind of talk them through all of that and, and how they're looking at finances. Um, there are some activities they undertake where there's an actual charge for undertaking the activity. Where that's set up, we try to work with organizations that support the students in the fundraising. So they help the students set up um, GoFundMe pages. They help students host events to get funding. They give students contacts of organizations that provide funding. So we try to make sure that that support to find additional funding um, is there. Um, I won't go into too much detail because it's not my, it doesn't sit under me, but there is for students who are widening participation, there is also other funding available at the university. Um, there's the Placement Opportunity Fund that provides some support for specific costs associated. So again, we would advise the student that it'd be a good idea to get in touch with that fund and apply for that fund. So essentially for each student, we sort of try to help them think through all of those things, um, advise them where we can on how they can do their own fundraising, but then also point them towards other, other sources of funding where we know those exist. Yeah, no, that's good. And like you said um, about those projects, because I was wondering about, I know there's quite a few organisations that you can do like it's like a conservation work abroad and there's these kind of organizations that will take groups over and you have to pay pay for that so that can be used to fund some of some of those projects but like you said they just need to look at the cost of those yep yeah um as well yeah yeah okay okay cool Um, and what about studying abroad can they can students do a study abroad year with a partner university as well so they Yes, we do. Um, it covers study exchange. So BU only does semesters abroad. They don't do whole years. Um, for 23-24, semester one is obviously already set, so there's no chance to apply for semester one. There may be, at the end of this month, another opportunity to apply for semester two. Um, we have a list of partners that we work with. So for each student, the places they could apply to will depend on their program because the partners are tied to certain programs. Um, they can find all of that information online or they can talk to every program has a study abroad academic coordinator. Um, so they could ask um, sort of their central team who that is and talk to that person who could tell them what organizations, uh, what, what institutions we have partnerships with for their program. Um, and that person would also notify them when the applications open. Um, so for those students, the anyone who studies on a study exchange, their Turing funding is guaranteed without applying for Turing funding. So they have to apply for the study exchange, but they don't actually apply for the funding because the funding is tied to acceptance onto the exchange um, because those are activities that that run through the university. Um, so yes, absolutely students can do that. We have some students who do sort of a mix where they do a semester abroad and then stay in that country and start their placement year. So, you know, there, there are lots of ways to look at doing that. Um, again, that's sort of down to talking to the faculty teams, but as far as funding, we don't mind how they're doing it, um, just as long as it meets eligibility requirements. So duration and stuff, we can, we can fund any of that. What are the advantages of taking part in a global opportunity for a student? There are lots. I'm very passionate about this. It's why I do the job that I do. 
there are different ways that it can can benefit them. So if we think first about academically, we have a lot of students when they go and do a work experience that is related to their degree, it sort of helps everything fall into place. So all of these ideas that they've been learning about, all of these theories, all the papers they've been writing and the research they've been doing, it makes that concrete. They can see how that actually exists in in life. It puts it in context for them. That's a huge benefit in sort of um, reflecting on what they've learned so far. But it's also a huge benefit if they do it sort of during their placement year and they're coming back to level six it is a huge benefit in informing how they frame what they learn throughout level six. Um, so academically, there's there's benefits both looking at um, what you've learned before and what you're going to learn after. Even for students who are in sort of level six, we have students who then think about postgraduate education because they've gone and they've done this experience and they think, actually, this is definitely what I want to do. So I think I'm going to carry on with my studies. Um, so I think it's just sometimes what we are learning at university can sort of exist in a bit of a bubble and this sort of bursts that bubble and puts it in the context of the real world. For employability, it is one of the things that we hear from employers. It stands out the most and it's for a number of reasons. One, it shows that the student is can work in a multicultural setting and what we're finding more and more is that every work setting is a multicultural setting. So having that ability um, to be flexible in that sort of setting is is very important. Um, so that's one of the reasons employers are looking for that. But there are other, other skills and um, sort of other things that employers assume students who've been on these experiences have. So there is going into the unknown being confident going into the unknown or not being confident, but doing it anyway. So that sort of um, having, having the drive to do that says that they are, they're driven to have the experience and they're also happy to take on uncertainty in order to have that experience. That's hugely important for employers because they know then that there's there's a, a level of confidence that the students have. They can put them into new situations and those students are able to adapt to those. Um, there's also just sort of in, in the more sort of practical side benefits to employers that they, they then know that these students may be interested. A lot of the employers that we work with at BU have offices internationally. And so it's nice. It's nice for them to be able to hire someone on where they think there is a potential we could put, send this student, this um, employee, to another country. We know that they can and are happy to travel. And and then it's things that sort of blur across all of these, where it's academic, it's personal development, it's employment. So it's things like just as a person becoming more comfortable with uncertainty, you know, d- being in a situation that's unfamiliar and learning how to be in that situation. Um, we hear the term open-minded a lot. I suppose I'll, I'll use that just because it's one that we'll all know. But as a person and as a student and as an employee, being open to viewpoints that are different than yours, culture that's different than yours, food that's different than what you're used to, um, is just so hugely important for navigating what is, I think we all agree, just increasingly sort of a globalized world. I mean, I, my team itself has five or six different nationalities on it. And um, I think a lot of, a lot of workplaces are like that. A lot of 
communities are like that. Um, I think the student body at BU is really diverse. So having that experience and learning how to navigate in those situations is hugely important for any student, regardless of what job they're going into, regardless of what they're studying, just as a person. Um, it's it's so important. It just helps uh, sort of broaden their their viewpoint and make them what we hear again and again as students come back and go, I just feel so much more confident now that I can go into things and figure them out, um, which maybe they didn't have that confidence before. Certainly when it's on an application form or a CV, it's going to help them stand out, isn't it? Um, as long as they, you know, they, they, they make the most of that on the CV or application form and they actually write about it. Um, and I guess even the, the planning side of it, you know, the skills that they've used to, to plan the opportunity abroad, to, to budget, all those transferable skills um, that they develop, it's so, so important as well. So just before we finish, just a kind of quick overview of maybe this past year, what have students done? I know you've mentioned a few already. Um, so we've had quite a few students go out with Think Pacific. So Think Pacific is in Fiji and they are conservation based. Um, we've worked with them for years. Subu's worked with them. Um, so they're an organization that we trust. Um, we've worked with North Bali Reef Conservation, which again was a conservation activity. Um, Students who've gone out with Play Action International, which is a nonprofit that goes into primarily Uganda, but I think they're expanding into Kenya. Um, and they work in local communities building playgrounds. And, and then there's some sort of like support for youth initiatives while stu students are there, but primarily they're just digging holes and you know they're they're helping with the actual labor of building a playground. Um, so we've had quite a few students go out on that. We've had a lot of students from health and social services go out with a company called Work the World who places students in hospitals, paramedic science. So they are, that company specifically works with students sort of in those fields because those can be a lot harder to find sort of opportunities that, that fall within health services, certainly. We have a few students who've gone out, gone out and done archaeological digs, and that's with a dig that BU is doing with the University of Lisbon. We had students, as I said before, went to India to work. Um, that was sports science and health and social sciences. We had a group of students go to University Sans Malaysia, and that was students on the nutrition program. Um, and they went and did a month there. That was sort of part work experience, um, part learning experience, a bit of a hybrid. Um, we have some students who've worked with another higher education institution in India that so they did part of their work with that and part of their work with a nonprofit in India that works with they do different projects but they work a lot with the police with hospitals um, looking at different impacts on health and mental health in in India um, and how to approach those opportunities in Cape Town where people went and helped on some research that they were doing at the University of Cape Town on breast cancer I can't give more detail than that because it was very medical and I didn't understand most of it, but it was related to breast cancer treatment, different types of breast cancer treatment. We have a project um, in, again, in Uganda, working on building language around breast cancer because in, in Uganda, they don't, most of the languages spoken there don't actually have the language that women need to talk about breast cancer. So it's talked about in what we would consider quite negative terms as just a general type illness. So um, 
we have an academic here who's working on building language to help support women to talk about that and support doctors to talk to women about it. So that's a project that we have some students working on. What else? We had some students go to um, the University of Pristina in Kosovo to work on a project about marginalized voices, particularly in what most of the world sees as war-torn countries or um, where that seems to be the general perception is they've been through a war. So looking at how those those uh, people in those countries tell their stories. And then lots of, just lots of individual activities. We've had students go to the US, Mexico, Costa Rica, where else have they gone? The United Arab Emirates, Germany, Australia, Canada, Japan. So kind of all over the place. And those are just individual opportunities that they've identified for themselves. Amazing. I mean, such a brilliant, it's such a brilliant opportunity um, for students to, yeah, there's so many, I mean, there's, it sounds like getting involved in the projects are really interesting, um, but all the kind of practical side of the conservation, or I know in the past they've done kind of teaching English in countries as well, that so just so, so many experiences that they can have. Um, where in terms of how they find them, I know you've mentioned that you have links to particular opportunities. So, so how do the students tend to find these opportunities? So the the activities that we um, promote, where it's a specific activity that we promote, and essentially we're looking to get together a group of students and send them all together, those will come out through the weekly email that students get. Um, when those calls open, those will be pushed out students will be notified that way. Usually what we do is we push them out. We run a couple of information sessions specific to that opportunity in the weeks following so students can come along and learn a bit more about what's actually going to happen. Um, we don't have any of those open at the moment because we're just in the planning stages. Those are almost exclusively happening next summer. So there's still a bit of time for students to sort of be thinking about what they want to do next summer, and then they'll see those opportunities come out. Um, for those specific opportunities, they will also get quite a lot of promotion within their faculty because all of those opportunities are tied to an academic or a team of academics who have built a relationship with the organization overseas, and they will be promoting that as well, sort of separate from our team. Um some of the other opportunities, like the summer school in France, as soon as the calendar for that is finalized, again, we will push out an application for that and we'll run some information sessions where we'll have members of the team in France join us virtually to talk to students about, about that opportunity. Um, so really, it's that um, we sort of always struggle with the best way to get the information to students because we know that they're just they have information coming at them all the time from every direction. So we tend to use that Monday email as, as sort of our, our touch point um, where we've had the, the other thing to just say is where a student has had a placement approved. So where they're doing a placement for their degree, we get notified when that placement's been approved. So we reach out to individual students. If they've had a placement approved, but haven't come to us, we will reach out to them and say, um, did you know you could get funding? Here's what you need to do. So if it's a student who's thinking about a degree placement and they're just a bit overwhelmed by doing all the placement stuff and thinking about their funding, they don't actually need to worry about it. We will be in touch with them if they haven't applied for funding. Um, but 
yeah, keeping an eye on those Monday emails is going to be the best way to find out when those opportunities are. Brilliant. So the Monday emails, you know, check, check, check emails. emails. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's it. also the Going Global um, website that you can access on my career hub as well that have some opportunities too, aren't there? Yes. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been so interesting hearing about the opportunities for students. I guess the next step is if they're interested, it is to look on the BU website and go to an information event. Is that right? Yep, they can. So um, they're, if they just go on the BU website and Google uh, in the search bar, put Turing, we have a web page that will talk them through a lot of what I've said today, a bit more about the funding and stuff. Um, they can email us at internationalgrants at bournemouth.ac.uk. That email address is on that web page. So if they go to the web page, they can email us off that. So check emails on Mondays and then and I, you know, I'd urge anyone thinking about it to to definitely go to those sessions because it just sounds like absolutely amazing opportunities. Really, really great. Thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening today. Please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes. 